Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. You're listening to Theater in College Hoops. I am Subi. Alongside me, my boy, we got Taylor Dammel. We're brought to you by Belly Up Media. Go download, subscribe, rate, and review us on whichever device it is that you use. Your college hooper of the day is Trevor Mbakwe. Taylor, I don't know if you remember Trevor Mbakwe. Big dude. Uh, not going to lie. He kind of looks like Joel Embiid in the face a little bit. If you look up Trevor Mbakwe, uh, they kind of look pretty similar. Uh, clearly not the exact same game, but Mbakwe was a big man from St. Paul, Minnesota. 6'8", dude. Got his start at Marquette. And again, this was when Marquette was in the Big East. Uh, freshman year was 07, 08. And obviously, still learning the collegiate level. Uh, I don't know if struggling is necessarily the right word, but he only averaged one and a half points um, and two rebounds his freshman season. But that's to be expected. Freshmen have to learn the ropes. And then he transferred to Minnesota for his final three years from 2010 to 2013, where he really, really flourished. Right? He upped his points to 14 points per game. Uh Rebounds increased. Trevor Mbakwe was a pretty solid player, uh, and I wanted to highlight him here today. Trevor Mbakwe, your college hooper of the day. Check out the website at theaterandcollegehoops.com and make sure to follow me at CBB Theater to find out where the feet is. You should also follow Taylor at Taylor Dammel. Let's open the curtains. I did my best to be as enthused and pumped as possible, but I'm a little disappointed this episode because we couldn't get our guest who I'm still working on. All right. I'm still working on bringing in He's this coming. white whale. He's coming. Stuff just happens. And that's okay. things happen. And this that's has it. absolutely nothing to do with our subject uh, and, and the person we're going to interview. He's been wonderful in all of our communication and our correspondence, but this has been an interview like oh, i'm telling you man it's like our white whale like fanta getting frank martin on the program dallin cuff is up there spatola is up there for me but this guy was intrinsic and played a pivotal role in why we and everyone loves college basketball i'll just say he's an author of one of the best shots of ncaa tournament history we'll get him though We'll get there. We'll get there. Let's just leave it at that. I don't. I don't want to give it away who this who this man is. So you're right. Uh, hey, uh, so we talked a little bit about 
waste management open last week. I don't want to belabor the point, but yeah. the hell's going on with the weather? I, I I was advocating for everyone to get out there, and now I'm going to pull that back if it's hailing and sleeting and raining. Dude, you know what's funny is it never rained at my house today, and I live six miles from TPC Scottsdale. So that's I. So I actually won. Actually, this is a good story for everybody. I'll keep it quick. Did you know that those Instagram giveaways actually work? You know, hey, like something. You know, when you say, hey, like this post, and then make sure you're following like this company and this company, and then tag like three friends or whatever, right? And I do it from time to time, just when you're scrolling through Instagram, especially when you have like, especially it's golf related stuff and um, or stuff that's happening here locally, right? So DraftKings Sportsbook which I'm very familiar with, uh, was doing a promotion um, and with Bad Birdie Golf. Maybe they hooked me up because I featured them on Backyard Beers with Taylor last week, perhaps. But so I get a message from DraftKings Sportsbook last night. that says, hey, you won five tickets to the Phoenix Open tomorrow. And it's like a legit DM, like from the actual account with the people's phone numbers and everything. And I'm like, well, that's great. Uh, my wife would have probably killed me if I went four days to the Phoenix open this week with five month old at home. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll pop up there. And, um, the, the problem was they were actually physical tickets. So I couldn't just upload them to StubHub, which I'm sure they do that intentionally. Right. So I was just going to pop up there this morning, grab the tickets, maybe pop inside for like an hour, two hours, just watch people hit the range, whatever, and then sell the other four just to someone getting off the bus. I get up there and it's just, I'm standing in line for the shuttle to get to the golf course. And if you've experienced this, I mean, just like getting a shuttle on any shuttle anywhere, it's kind of a disaster. And it starts hailing on me. And I looked at the guys I was talking to next to me and I was like, you know, not they were free. I never paid for anything. Gave them two drinks to Damel koozies and said, hey, use these today and went home. So I, I was supposed to go today, um, today, excuse me, being Wednesday. While you were listening to this podcast, I will be 750 or more beers deep uh, in Greenskeeper. Uh for the Phoenix open on Thursday though. So that's, that's my Phoenix open wrap up for now. It's so funny though. And Sue, you're a former, uh, Scott's Dalian. What are we? Scott's Dalers. Scott's I, mean, I, I always just say Phoenician just because I lived yeah. in Phoenix as well. And it's easier to say right. than whatever a resident yeah. of Scottsdale is. But, um, it's so funny that this is the week that we get rain sometimes, you know, it was 80 degrees last week here. Right. And then this coming week, it's going to be 75. But of course, Phoenix opens in town. So that means we get rain. Kind of like it rained during Barrett Jackson, a car auction two weeks ago. And it's just like, come on, <laughs> just just alternate these weeks. I think it's rained every single time we've had the Super Bowl here, too, which is hilarious. So, um, yeah, we're trying to sell the place, soup, and we're just getting hailed on for some reason. Well, I do remember when it was Seahawks Patriots, it was raining and it was a little wet. Now, the rain could provide some humorous theater with people losing their footing. And I'm talking about fans that are at Waste Management Open that don't necessarily have the proper footwear that are trying to look good as opposed to climbing peaks and valleys and walking on not just pavement, but hills and, and wet grass. So, you know, you, you're going to be able to at least look around and see people eating complete shit, which could be funny. But you're right. It does. It does seem to have rain rained there a couple times. Like I remember going to 16 and and waking up and sitting there waiting for the golfers to come, and it, it just was kind of overcast and gloomy and a little chilly. Like that. Those are some of my 
lasting memories before you start drinking and seeing yep. all of the golfers and everyone come through. So I can't remember the last time it was actually just super pleasant, but I've also been away from Arizona for like five yeah, years. Now. I mean, it's usually pleasant eight times out of 10, you know, uh, four times, at least for the turn. I mean, we might get some rain like earlier in the week. So hopefully it misses us the next couple of days. Um, I do want to give you a compliment though, Sue. You did a really good job of keeping that footwear discussion gender neutral. That was really nice. That was really well done of you. Um, and then I also just got a Snapchat memory. Speaking of that very specific day uh, from the day that the Patriots Seahawks Super Bowl was played. And it was you at district or Maya, a bar here in the old town Scottsdale area. I'll, we'll just leave that as for what it is, but the Patriots did win that game. Let's all just remember on very dramatic fashion. So you can imagine what my Snapchat memory of Mr. Subramanian here uh, looked like. It was a different time. I, I had, was what was it? Was I had it? a cleaner motor. Uh, I had a younger motor. Cole was in the engine, like all of that right now. I, I can't, I can't do it. But speaking of the Super Bowl, Taylor. Yeah. Great segue. We got really we got nice. Chiefs, really nice. Yeah, I appreciate it. We got Chiefs Niners. Obviously, talked a little bit about that, but how do we equate that to college basketball, right? How do we make some sort of linear linear projections or comparisons to what we're seeing in our space, which is college basketball? And college basketball is obviously going to be in the forefront after the Super Bowl. Which, by the way, did you see this TikTok or Instagram, whatever it was? about this like this this woman was like so what do what do guys do when football's over and it was just this oh my it, god like stitch to this guy it's who amazing. went like month month after month after month and it was just everything filled with sports and the point that i'm making is obviously march madness college basketball is up next uh but taylor if you were to make some comps or just a comp between college basketball teams to the niners and or chiefs what would some of those be like let's start with whatever you got um obviously two of the best teams in the entire country but curious to know if there's any college basketball teams or players that remind you of Debo Samuel versus like Jawan Jennings versus like Legarius Sneed right all these give me what you got so to start off I think UConn is San Francisco they're the most well-rounded team in the country. They're the be- they have the best roster probably in the country. They're certainly not reliant on one player. Um, they can get it from a d- bunch of different angles, and they have they have good bigs like a Bosa, for example. You know they have good guards like a like a Christian McCaffrey, like Brock Purdy. So I'm thinking that UConn is the Niners because the Niners were the one of the two favorites to start the year. Um, you know, UConn wasn't one of the two favorites, but they were close and they were, are the defending national champions. So, um, I'm thinking even Hurley and Shanahan are are not like completely off kind of coaches that need to get, well, Hurley last year, a guy that needed to get over the hump. Shanahan has been here, needed to get over the hump. Um, so I'm thinking UConn being the most well-rounded team is San Francisco. So I get that part. I'm going to poke some holes though. Because I see San Francisco as this a is team. certainly not a, a, a clean <laughs> no comp oh this is this is what we got to do all right because our interview had to get rescheduled I'm just going to be 100 percent honest with you and so we're shooting from the hip here but 
Taylor, uh, I am going to poke some holes in that. The Niners are going on 30 years, right? Since True. their last okay. Super Bowl. And I just going off I, this roster today. No, that's today. fine. That's yeah. fine. But but we've seen the Niners in this position just four years ago. We saw them in 2012, and they couldn't get the job done. We've seen them in a couple of NFC Championship games. They just can't get the job done. For such a successful team, they actually don't have the hardware to show for it in our lifetime, right? Uh, UConn, <laughs> UConn does. So UConn, for such a, such a successful team, um, they have, what, five now? Yeah, five titles since 1998 or 1999. So I would say that UConn is actually more like the Chiefs to me because they're freaking inevitable. It doesn't matter who is on their roster. They're going to make a run. This season, right, UConn had to replace damn near their entire starting lineup. They bring in Cam Spencer, and they're the number one team in the entire country. We talked about how they're the only serious team. The Chiefs. No Tyreek Hill. Uh, Chris Jones was out for a little bit, but they're just inevitable. Like, you got to go on the road to Buffalo, who's red hot. Doesn't matter. You got to go to the number one overall seed or the number one seed in the AFC and the probable MVP. Doesn't matter. I got Patrick Mahomes. Like, I think UConn is more of the Chiefs in in my eyes. And, like, they're just going to, like, no matter what. And we've seen UConn be terrible this was a terrible year by the Chiefs, by their standards. But we've seen them go to a Final Four, win a title as like an eight, nine, whatever the hell it was seed. So I think they're more Chiefs. Okay, I can I can give you that. So let me give you who I think the Chiefs are then. And you went a little deeper on it, so I, I give you props for that. Um, I think the Chiefs are Tennessee. Very reliant on Dalton Connect to score. Mm. This is definitely this season, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. No, this, okay. this, these are these teams, right? Okay. Um, and the Chiefs were very good defensively this year, which is not talked about, which is essentially what the uh, what Tennessee is. Tennessee always needed a Patrick Mahomes, a scorer, right? So I'm thinking Dalton Connect, he pretty much has the ability to score anytime, anywhere, no problem. He can lead this team to wherever. You've got a bunch of other pieces that we've heard of on this team, but they've never really come together to make it all happen, right? So um, I know that's that's not applicable to the Chiefs, considering, you know, obviously they just won. But um, I think Connect is Mahomes in this situation, and their their defensive prowess that they've had this year specifically makes the Chiefs a decent comp to me to Tennessee. Hey, I don't mind that. I don't although mind. although the history thing would, make, yes. would say that maybe maybe Tennessee is uh, is um, you or excuse me, uh, I'm messing. I'm I'm getting my uh, wires crossed here. But I always say that like, um, like the Packers are always Arizona football, right? Maybe pretty similar. Yeah, uh, that's my usual comp here. But um, yeah, I don't know. What do you what do you got for uh what do you got here for you you need a uh, you need a Niners comp then I guess. Yes. So dissecting your comp, yes. I don't really need to go too far into it because it's the same bone I had to pick and you already addressed it, which is Tennessee gets to the dance. They yes. kind of fall flat on their face. Kansas right. city gets to the dance. They will always be in the final four real quick though. Kansas city just historically. And again, I, I feel like I'm diverting away from your topic, which is this totally season, fine. but Kansas city actually is kind of like their 
their uh, neighbor, the Jayhawks. Like there was a mm-hmm. time where, and it still might be going where in preseason, when you pick big 12 champion, save for maybe two seasons of Baylor, you always went Kansas, right? You always say, I'm not going to be that person to go against the grain just for the sake of going against it because Kansas runs this conference mid 2000s, 2010s, even as long as a couple of years ago. Like you always have a good bet of picking Kansas. That might change now with the amount of great teams coming in to the Big 12. But there was a juncture, Taylor, for about 10 years where you're just like, why are, why is anyone trying to pick against Kansas to win the Big 12? Kansas City, I'm I'm at the point now when they when they beat Lamar, when they beat the Ravens, they are officially a two, play a two game season. Like that is official. What is it? Six straight AFC title games for Patrick Mahomes. So the comp that I'm making with the Jayhawks is you place Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in the AFC title game every single year. Like next year, I don't want to hear you can you can talk about the other whatever what 15 other teams in the AFC to play in that game, there is one spot reserved in the AFC title game and the final four. There is one spot reserved, and that's for the Chiefs. Um, but let me get to the Niners comp, Taylor. I actually think it's, and this might be lazy, I got to look at some other teams potentially, but I'm going to go with Purdue. Uh, mm-hmm. Knocking on the doorstep a couple times, right? Purdue hasn't gotten as far as San Francisco has, which is to say the title game or the final four. But they have great talent throughout the years. Colin Kaepernick, Jaden Ivey, uh, Zach Eady, obviously, right? Whoever you what you want to go with Nick Bosa as, as a Zach Eady comp. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking of huge guys, and we might hear about Zach Eady later in the episode. But who else? I don't know. Michael Crabtree to um, Fletcher Lawyer. I don't, like, I don't know. Help me out here. Um, Michael I don't know. Grab, I'm, I'm, Michael Grabtree, I believe, as he was uh, known back in the day. Yeah. Uh, who am I missing from like the 2018, 2019 boiler boiler maker teams? Who's Raheem Mostert from last from last year for the? No, I, I'm just grabbing random players. Man, I, I thought you were genuinely asking me. No. But the point is, the point is, is that both of these teams, the Niners and Purdue, are usually picked in the preseason, and they have great regular seasons. Yes, and they have. Decent postseasons, Purdue not so much, but they always fall short. Again, it's kind of crazy to think about such a successful flagship uh, uh, team in the NFL like the Niners. And I mean, look, Purdue's not a, a blue blood, but they're in Indiana crazed, like they're basketball royalty almost. Right? You think Purdue, you think basketball, you think Niners, you think one of the best teams in the entire, most well run teams in the NFL. Purdue, you think of one of the best run teams two of the best coaches, right? Matt Painter gets that. But Matt Painter and Kyle Shanahan, actually, there's your comp. Both regarded as great coaches who choke. Or some people say they choke, all right? So I would say Purdue is kind of like San Francisco in that respect. Uh, Tell me why I'm wrong. I mean, I don't think... I don't think anyone's wrong in this discussion here, but um, but I I think that they're so Edie centric that I would say that this current roster is not applicable. The current roster, not the your comp, is not exactly about the current roster state though. So I think so you don't you don't you don't think Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith and Lance Jones and all those guys are helping them out? I kind of do. I mean, I think Edie is 
that team is what's that team without Edie? Well, okay, that's fair. Yeah, right. So it's I mean, they're, they, they're probably still a tournament team, though. Like, I love Braden Smith. See, that's another one that I think I could use for the Chiefs. Edie's Matt Patrick Mahomes, and all these other guys are. I mean, I don't think anyone on Purdue's Kadarius Tony necessarily. Everyone, everyone else on Purdue, the other guys on Purdue should be on the Chiefs defense. Like, I think the other guys for Purdue are good. I actually don't think anyone of the other guys on the offense for well, Mahomes. Travis, ex- Travis, Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, Rashi right. Rice, and uh, who's the running eh, We don't have to go too far. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Not, not to right. act like Rashi Rice is like all of a sudden some world beater. I think he had like 400 yards this year. With, you know, okay. I'm just prepping for this dynasty. I, and actually, no, I think I'm going more Chiefs for Purdue because it's Patrick Mahomes and then a bunch of young skill players, which is essentially what the guards are for Purdue. So that is, yeah, that's what I'm rolling with there. So, um, this is clearly a very abstract, uh, situation here. I think if things get really deep this off season, we could do comps for coaches. Like maybe is, is Shaka smart, like Mike McDaniel. Uh, I don't as <laughs> smart as Mike McDaniel. I just, I'm just clever. really flying off the, off the handle here, but um, let me so give us, give us a prediction maybe for the Super Bowl while we're on the subject. If you got one, I think the better team is the Niners. But how can I bet against Patrick Mahomes? I'd rather be wrong and say it out loud that I bet on Patrick Mahomes because I thought they were going to lose to the Bills and I thought they were going to lose to the Ravens. And they made like the, the crazy thing with that the Chiefs do is they make these other teams look so inept. They actually kind of make them look like the Patriots. Like when I was yeah. watching the Ravens and and the Bills, I was like, I've seen this football before. And then Patrick Mahomes just doesn't make any mistakes. I'll take I'll take the Chiefs twenty one to seventeen. I think the Chiefs defense is more than up to snuff. Not to mention the Niners kind of stunk in the NFC title game. They Let's not forget sh- about that. They shouldn't have won e- either of the games they've played in the playoffs. I think that's a fair point. You could make an argument. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I, I would say that going into the playoffs, if you told me one team dominated their way to the, not dominated, but controlled their all of their games in the way to the Super Bowl, and the other team skated by, I would say, oh, the Chiefs skated by because they had to rely on Mahomes the whole time, and the Niners just ran through it. In reality, it was the opposite of that. So I'm having a debate before we get off the football topic. I'm having a really internal debate. I talked about this with you multiple times in the last couple of weeks, Sue. And I have so much hatred for both of these teams. And I, I, I don't I, hate the Niners. But I completely understand why you don't hate them. I get I get that, right? You're an East Coast guy. They're a West Coast team. I'm an mm. NFC guy. They're an NFC mm. team. You don't you mm. haven't had to deal with this totally. as much as I have, you know. And so I and I completely understand even more so why you hate the Chiefs, because it's yes. like we can't have the greatest dynasty in sports. And then all of a sudden, before that dynasty was even technically like over, the other one already takes over and is winning just as many Super Bowls in just a short amount of time. So yes. I, I totally get that. For me, I have way too many Niner people in my life. And I think we talk about how bad Chiefs fans are. I think Niners fans are just as bad. They're talk, they talk to me. Niners, look, at they're already complaining about the field and shit this week. Oh, our field's soft. It's like it's always this woe is me bullshit from Niners fans I get all the time. Like, oh, we're not even we're not even really that good. We just get lucky. It's like, yeah, you guys get lucky with your 17 like all pro players on your team. Like the you only have the best running back, defensive player, wide receiver group, offensive line. You're right. Like it's just been 
pure luck that you guys have gotten here. So um, I guess I'll take Niners. Again, yeah, betting up against Mahomes. If we are making that dynasty comp, it, it, Tom didn't go undefeated in Super Bowls either. So not to bring up bad memories. But um, oh, yeah, I, 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 that, that know, I don't I, care about. But I think, like, at this point, the Niners' defense is so good. It is, and, and their offense is so good. Everything about them is, is really good. So um, I hope that um, I hope that Purdy plays well. I don't necessarily care about him, but I, I, I hate to see a young guy like that play badly. Um, I also have a complaint. Again, I know I'm being long-winded here, but there's been so much local support here in Arizona for Brock Purdy, and I don't get it in the slightest. He's there are like, from there. There are like 40 current NFL players from Arizona. It's not the like, starting quarterback and Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, but it's like your division rival too. Well, that's okay. Fair. But Phoenicians aren't real sports fans. It's just so, yeah. And this is, a, like, this is a great we example agree of that. On that. Like, yeah. Hey, let's root for our rival because this guy went to school in Queen Creek, even though there's 700 other NFL players from Arizona over the course of time, there's billboards that's and true. shit around town. And we're, and everyone that's like an actual sports fan here is like, what the hell is this? So, uh, I mean, I, I think, I, I think it has to do with the position and the fact that he was the last. Pick. I mean, I, I, I get it. Right. I mean, I get it. Like but no I, one's there's, I, I doubt there's going to be billboards for a long snapper or a second string middle linebacker from Arizona, which I'm sure there are, but I, I also see your point. Like I, I'd take more umbrage with the fact that, uh, Cardinals fans are rooting on the Niners. I, I would, you shouldn't do that. No, and I don't As think division you know, rival. I don't think legitimate fans are are doing that. But I know that's been a big topic of discussion around here this week. So, Taylor, in this uh, in this image that I'm showing here, are there any other teams that stick out to you for a comp with uh, Kansas City and San Francisco? Can I just interject one time, real quick? Please, Dayton, please do. Dayton kind of reminds me of Kansas City and their offense. Dayron Holmes is unbelievable. He is so good. You want to talk about a team that I don't really like I, I, they go as Dayron Holmes goes. That's Dayton. And they are just stacking, stacking wins. They have a nice resume. The metrics love them. You see them there. They're a top four seed. Uh, Dayron Holmes is basically Patrick Mahomes, and he's willing this Flyers team to new heights, heights we haven't seen until like uh, since the, the COVID days. So I don't know. And just looking at this top half, I'm throwing Dayton uh, on the wall for the Chiefs. Anyone else you're seeing for Niners or Chiefs? I wish we could find a good comp for Andy Reid. That's what basketball doesn't give us, is Andy Reid lookalike coaches, unless I can... Lookalike? Yeah. Yeah, no. Rick Majerus (laughs) would be the closest one, RIP. RIP, yeah, RIP. But Um, in in terms of, like, career trajectory, I'd go with Jay Wright. mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in Philadelphia, little different uh, attire. Let's call it on those two guys. Um, sure. Is there even? Can we even think of a college basketball coach that just has a mustache? Can we just get that? I'm trying to think. Not off the top of my head. I know. How, why? Oh. Why are mustaches being so undervalued by the college basketball world? Yeah. Other than Drew Timmy from oh, years ago, but he made but it lame. He really did. He made Maybe that's him. why. Maybe that's why. Maybe Drew Timmy ruined it for all of the Andy Reid basketball guys of the world. Potentially. There's a lot of other things ruining college basketball, <laughs> but that was definitely a, a contributing factor. Anyone else here, Taylor, that you see? 
No, like I said, I always I always comp Arizona and, and Green Bay, just given that they go to the same point in the playoffs every year. So that one's already kind of a wash or already stuck for me. Um, I mean, if we're being honest, Purdue's really like the Bills. Yeah, actually. Just a yeah, Josh huge Allen. guy. Exactly. He doesn't look yeah. good in shorts. Yeah. Um, they haven't done anything since <laughs> the 90s, really. Yeah, pretty much. They're there every year. They talk about um, maybe if um, – Maybe if Josh Allen had won an MVP, perhaps. Mm, good point. Yeah, Edie does have that, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, is there a just, Russell? Is there a Russell Wilson comp in there? Like someone that I just you just hate. Again, I don't hate Russell Wilson. He's how easy you, to make fun of. Still, le- okay. okay. I just don't care. Fine. Okay, like, fine. Ru- I, you're right, though. It's the it's the AFC NFC thing. I got Russell Wilson has done. And and the Patriots beat the Broncos this past year, which is wow. objectively hilarious. Yeah, yeah, actually, it is. It is. Um, and the Broncos beat the. Yeah, what a weird year they had. Um, no, I don't think I might be out of. I might be out of comps here. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. Fun exercise. Um, I like. I mean, obviously, the two best teams in the NFL are squaring off, so we had to go with the likes of UConn, Tennessee, and Purdue as well. Right, for like they obviously have to comps. be good teams. Yeah, yeah right. of course. <laughs> right. Yeah, certainly. So. so those are your Super Bowl comps. Uh, obviously, enjoy the game. And I'm getting so, so sick. I'm of Niners. I'm Niners and your Chiefs, right? That's the yeah because 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 Taylor, let me just recap. I'm I'm Chiefs because one, I can throw a reverse jinx out there. Two, if I'm right, it's like, no shit, Sherlock. Why didn't any of you guys go with the Chiefs? If I'm wrong, there's nothing wrong with me siding with Patrick Mahomes. Why wouldn't I do that? So I'm in a good space right now. Um, hey, next week's Valentine's Day, Taylor. First wow. of all, yeah. First, first Valentine's as as parents. Uh, wh- how does that dynamic shift? Do you still have to plan a big extravagant thing, or is it more baby focused? <laughs> Did I previously? Or I don't know. Was that the expectation? You tell uh, me. No, I don't think it was previous. <laughs> um, considering uh, my daddy goes down at uh, about seven p.m., I don't, I'm not. not it's probably it's probably going to be the same thing that day too. So um, I think. I, I probably. Thanks for reminding me. At least I'll probably have. You know, I'll get some flowers. I'll. I'll I'll make sure things are taken care of. That's what I'll before say. You do, before you do that, though, let's do a little Valentine's Day edition with some of these teams on the bubble. All right. So these teams came out prior to last night's tip. And we're using Lunardi's Bracketology. Right. So we have it up on the screen. But for our audio, let me just give you a breakdown here. Last four buys, Lunardi has Ole Miss, Texas A&M. Mississippi State and Virginia. Last four in, he has Florida, Butler, Wazoo, and Seton Hall. First four out, he's got St. John's, Cincy, Colorado, and Wake Forest. Next four out, he has Memphis, Nova, Providence, and Oregon. So, Taylor, of those 16 teams that I just laid out and where they are exactly in their categories, are there any that just kind of piss you off? Where you're just like, why is this person even getting any Valentine's Day love? Why are they getting any love whatsoever based on their resume? Are there teams where you are sending over a card and like a candy gram 
across a couple of aisles in the school desks where you're like, yes, I want, I want you. Taylor wants you. Uh, what are some of those teams both ways? So I could tell you that two teams on here that I would definitely not take out are asked to go on a date with on Valentine's day. Let's put it that way. Are Washington state and Memphis. There's it's legitimately actually hilarious that Washington state is projected in and Colorado and Oregon are not projected in right now. Uh, because I actively think that Colorado and Oregon would smoke Washington state. Just, just in, in despite what's already happened in the season. Um, Memphis, don't even get me started on them from last week. Uh, Villanova is not good. I don't. <laughs> so here's here's the other thing. Have, let me talk about a non-bubble team because I'm assuming again that Gonzaga is even further back than the next four out. I presume. Yeah, let me just do a quick little Apple you, F. If I have to yeah. see Gonzaga in this, no. So okay, the M. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So just double checking. So, but so think about how bad, how ugly Gonzaga is. How few Valentines are getting this year. If they're behind teams like Villanova, who sucks, sucks, right? Mm-hmm. Like Wazoo, not good. Wake Forest, not none. Of, I mean, Providence being back here is what I'm probably a little disappointed in. Maybe a prospect I thought that I was going to have a better opportunity to have a date with on Valentine's Day would have been Providence. Um, Virginia is a team that I would send a Valentine to. They're always there, you know, you, you know that they uh, they're going to provide you with a good time. Um, that's not supposed to be a leading statement by any means, but they're they're going to be a good a good date. Um, yeah, I think I think Colorado is, is probably the team out of all of these. I would send uh, my Valentine to, though, because I just think they have just with the talent that they have. If it's all if they're all healthy, I think they have the, mo- the most opportunity of these 16 teams to uh Go all the way, let's call it there for making a Valentine's reference of sorts. So that's who I would pick. That's who I would send my Valentine's my Valentine to uh, out of all 16 of these teams. So Colorado, I agree. And I've been banging on the Colorado drum since the offseason. But they're not playing consistently, Taylor. Who did they just lose to last week? Um, let's, let's pop this open. And also, Wazoo beat Colorado. That's why so, I said despite what's previously happened, right? But we got to remember right. that Colorado hasn't been healthy all year either. They haven't been fully healthy. Lost at Utah, which is a tough place to play, and lost at Wazoo was their last two results. All right. But they also have losses to Cal and ASU. Like that, that little stretch right there where they got beat down by 27. And again, this is coming from an ardent Colorado supporter. So I actually, again, I, I got to – poke a bone with you as it relates to wazoo that's fine head to head i don't know if washington state well they're again they already beat colorado but like if you got them in a tournament setting I, I i kind of understand where you're saying that you think oregon and colorado are better they might be more talented i don't know if they're better washington state just grinds you down to dust and wazoo actually has some really solid wins which include i believe boise state arizona they have they have a win against um who else well, they lost to Mississippi State. Hmm. Lost to Oregon. Yeah. So, and they just peeled one out against Washington. So, I suppose the resume is not that great, but I'm okay with Wazoo being where they're at. Uh, Butler, though, can we just get Butler in? Like, I'm throwing a, a a date 
three course meal, champagne, all of it at Butler. I want them in. Um, I know they just lost to UConn. Newsflash, wow. everyone's lost to UConn. But yeah. they have wins over Marquette, Creighton, that Boise State team, and Texas Tech. So I think the cutoff really, Taylor, is when you look at these teams, how many of them are closest to 12 losses? I think if Butler continues to play well, and they did play well against UConn, I, I want to see them in the tournament. I want to see them in the dance. You know my thoughts on Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss should be thinking about seeding unless the wheels completely fall off. They're probably a 9 or 10 seed, I would guess, at the moment. But unbelievable first season for Chris Beard. The one team that genuinely disgusts me, Taylor. I'm talking like my stomach is turned upside down. And this is even before last night's result, which was a loss uh, for Villanova to Xavier. Why are we even having Villanova in anywhere near the bubble? They've lost Why are like they nine of their anywhere? last 10 games. <laughs> it is mind boggling to me, man. What like they have 12 losses already, right? They have 12 losses or 11. Let me, let me pop that open. But the fact that Villanova was even in the next four out, dude, they are biggies title or bust. Let's can we please be serious? Uh, yeah. They're 12 and 11. And this, they were 12 and 10 when this came out. No, <laughs> Get Villanova the hell out of there. Sorry, like sorry. That, that was seven the most... of their last seven of their last nine. Sorry to correct myself, but continue. No, I, I appreciate that. We we need the right facts, but get Villanova the hell out of there. Um, Wake Forest. I'm kind of surprised Wake Forest is still a first four out after the two shellackings that they administered. Uh, they smoked Georgia Tech, and then I think Syracuse was the game before that. And the numbers and the metrics. They love Wake Forest, so I'm surprised they weren't in in this latest iteration. Um, so I might throw them a bone uh, because the I, I think the ACC is kind of getting unfairly slandered a little bit. Um, Texas A&M, interesting. Uh, they have a, a light. They had a light game last night. I don't know what the score is at the moment, but I think my 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 biggest lover right now in Virginia, you're in. I, I think Virginia's squarely in as they sit second place in the ACC, but. I'm going to be the biggest advocate for Butler. I'd love to see them in. And uh, Villanova, please please pack your things. No rows for you. Get out. So the team I know about the least in this 16, like let's say she, she, let's say she's sitting in the corner and you were assigned a seat the other side of the classroom and you just don't know a lot about them, about, about her to ask on a date here in my circumstance, and that would be Florida. I, I, I probably have all these teams on here. I I am least sure about anything with Florida. And I honestly have probably lo- watched less Florida games. I know I've watched less Florida games than any of these other teams on here. Can you maybe enlighten me on any potential? Is this going to be a potentially good date? Should I, should I throw a Valentine that way? Or should I just be like, no, no, no. That's the weird girl in the corner. Wild card, baby. Wild, <laughs> just, just, wild card. <laughs> If Colorado says no, just say screw it. Just let's just throw it out here. I'm saying if you go on a date with Florida, it could end up being five to six years of stable relationship. A girl you love, bring home to the parents, propose, or you could be left on the side of the road with your pants around your ankles. I don't know. Like Florida is kind of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. They rebound the ball really well, but. And they got that quad one win against Kentucky. That was their first quad one win of the year, I believe, on the road at Rupp, 
which kind of sent Kentucky into that mini little tailspin until they got right against Vanderbilt. But Florida, we talked about it with Brian Ralph, actually, and, and he brought up a good point. He said, you know, we're not necessarily 100% sure if Todd Golden is a good coach because he's saying, like, what he did at San Francisco was kind of meet expectations. And at Florida, we're awaiting him to get Florida back. That's what I thought when I picked him as SEC coach of the year. It's obviously not going to happen. But I think Florida, Taylor, you're just getting a, a real freak. Like you have a real wild card. You have no idea. Like you could end up loving Florida for their flaws and imperfections, or you can see them as something you just cannot get over and you're out on them. Florida is going to be an interesting case though. We we've all known of Florida, I guess hmm. <laughs> in our lives. It's, it's about as poetic as I can get about about that answer. So, okay, I'll have to look up Florida a little more. I have to, you know, Valentine's Day is not for a week. I'll have to just, you know, look over there a little more, see how I feel about things. You know who's pretty steady from this list, though? It's Seton Hall for me. Seton yeah, Hall. Literally the only team we didn't bring up of of, of the whole uh, 16 here. We haven't talked Cincinnati either, but I, I don't expect Cincinnati to survive the end of that Big 12 schedule, which is a shame. I think Wes Miller has done a really nice job. But Seton Hall, and I said this when they were rolling. Taylor, you remember a month, month and a half ago, whenever it was, when we were talking about their hot streak and how well they were performing? We basically said, take care of business. Take care of the bad teams. Yep. I'm not asking you to, to be the best Valentine's date ever. I'm not asking you to put rose petals on the ground. Just maybe have a nice meal together and I'll clean up. Like Things will be nice. Just nice. And who did Seton Hall beat last night? Uh, they beat Georgetown at home. wasn't pretty, but they got the job done. And what have we said about Seton Hall, Taylor? Just just get the job done against the bums. I'm not expecting you to beat UConn. You'll be just fine. Yeah, I mean, and Seton Hall plays Villanova this weekend. So uh, that's, you know, a good uh, potential uh, opportunity for another win here. I will say that. Um, yeah, apparently Nova's attorney team. Close to a turn. Quad quad one win somehow. Um, Or, well, maybe quad two. But I will say that, you know, when we were having that discussion, I said that, hey, you know, Seton Hall, if they take care of business, they could be as high as a five seed. Obviously, they ended up losing to Marquette, Providence, and um, Creighton in that after that, which are not bad losses, but they certainly didn't excel as far as I hoped that they did. So I guess Seton Hall is kind of like the soft six of this group. So, and I don't even need to explain that. Honestly, I'm just going to leave no. it at that. I mean, I may have gotten a little bit too much dip on my chip when I tweeted out Seton Hall actually might be playing for seeding. No, no, no. They're still playing to just make sure that they aren't that they aren't a nervous wreck on Selection Sunday. There's that sweet spot of teams that are playing for seeding. There are teams that are fighting for their lives, and there's teams like Seton Hall that's saying to themselves. Let's just make sure we have a chill selection Sunday. And if we don't get in, then we'll just completely race hell and let Shaheen Holloway go crazy at the mic. But we're not worried about seed. Let's just make sure it's pretty obvious that we're in. Just looking at their schedule, they probably have five wins left. That should do it. Right. And that's not even counting a game they play at St. John's next week, which would be a legitimately good, decent win. Um, if they win, if they win at St. John's, I 
at this point, I would comfortably say that they're in the tournament because mm-hmm. they're just straight up not going to knock on wood, but they're just straight up not going to lose to DePaul. They're Can't. not going to, they're not going to get swept by Villanova. Um, they get Xavier and Butler at home. Um, I know, you know, Butler, as we just said, good team, but they do get them at home. And it's going to be their expected losses are they still got to play at Creighton. They still got to play at UConn. Nobody's going to fault them for losing either nope. of those games. So I, f- I feel like Seton Hall, just given what we're seeing on the schedule, they've got at least five wins left in them. And I think uh, beating St. John's specifically at St. John's uh, here within the next 10 days time is, is probably the one that kind of gets them over the over the hump. Because other than that, it's like you're going to have the wins. Or, the wins are going to be the wins. Uh, against bad teams, and they're going to likely lose to the two good teams that they play, which is fine. Those will be marked on the calendar. It's always fun this time of year, Taylor, to see the progression. And you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. March is coming around the corner, and then we got conference tournaments. going to be a lot of fun. And I, I urge people to really remember and, and, and think about conference tournament play because there are teams that if they – finish poorly to a regular season or if they finish well and then that team that finishes well loses in the first game of their conference tournament they could be screwed for the first selection sunday right. vice versa you don't finish well and you get to the semifinals or something you may have just punched your ticket those conference tournaments are of paramount paramount importance so- well one thing i want to bring up about that too is it's it's, uh, it's interesting to look at and we have to remember how different conferences obviously have different uh, brackets for some bubble teams finishing in with like a buy or a double buy in these tournaments is actually not advantageous mm-hmm. for them because they just simply need to pick up wins. wins. So you don't want to necessarily have like a buy in the big East tournament because Yukon's going to smoke you and, and win that tournament. And so it's not really, advantageous to only play like two or three games with one of them being a loss. I'd almost rather play like four games with three of them being wins. You know what I mean? Um, So I don't know how much that, I know we have that discussion on selection Sunday a lot, but sometimes that there are these bubble teams that really just need one more win. And sometimes with that double buy, you end up playing like another ranked team and then they lose. And it's like, well, shit, I wish I would have just been able to play like to Paul real quick. and Just like, just win another game to get it uh, under our belt. And then go lose. So interesting topic of discussion as we get closer to those conference tournaments. Well, you mentioned DePaul. That's actually why I was going to say DePaul is best suited to end up in the NCAA tournament because they're going to have a lot of games to prove it. They have a whole season essentially. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Let DePaul quit, man. Just start over. Like start focusing on next season. So since we're on the subject of DePaul, they have an opportunity to finish. the lowest of any high major D1 team in Ken Palm ever. They're currently 301st in Ken Palm. I and I mean, when you get that far down, there isn't a mid, there isn't a power five school within like 200 of you, 150 of you at that point. You have like the Oregon States and the Georgia Techs and the whatever the world at like 140 and 150 and stuff. And so DePaul is at 300. So, um, the, I hope DePaul wins another game this year and whoever they beat is just going to, that's going to, should flick them right off the, hopefully it's UConn, you know, why not? Uh, <laughs> but, um, but uh, there, 
that's that might huge. affect you seed by the way if no, they end, if they that. like lose to DePaul I don't know if you can say that they're a one seed didn't the Niners lose to uh <laughs> they lose to an awful team this year I'm just going for my comp here I don't know I, so no I, I see what you're saying um I please just let DePaul quit but if you're not gonna let them quit then I feel extra bad for them because they're just like the Pistons every team the Pistons played against was basically saying to themselves, we cannot be the team to, to have them win against. Right. Like we can't be that team. So now everyone like DePaul's you'd think they're getting letdowns. No, they're getting everyone's best shot. <laughs> so speaking of Michigan basketball in Detroit there and teams that have quit, how about Michigan? I know we're now totally off Valentine's, but how about Michigan? beating wisconsin i told the only thing i was right about on our last episode no i was wrong about everything alabama's great get smoked that's by the Auburn. kiss of titch yeah, auburn's yeah. not too bad that's okay um wisconsin sucks they're not a good basketball team like they're just not a good basketball team i have no idea how they got all the way up to the number six team in the country it is baffling to me because they have, they are not good that's I, a bad loss i mean talk your shit man please i don't see the only Good road game they played. They lost by 30, and then they've just lost, what, three of their last four now? Or if they lost three in a row? Three in a row. They've lost three in a row. Nebraska, Purdue, and Michigan. Purdue, of course, a forgivable one. Michigan, unforgivable. That is unforgivable, yes. I mean, they should fall, literally, I'm not joking, they should fall almost out of the rankings. I I don't know if they'll fall out Even they lost three in a row? I know, but that's, well, but they, that's they, like, they they ended up at eleven after two of those losses, right? Which is even, which is still dumb. Like, <laughs> well, like who do they have next? Who do they have next? Let me pull that up. I guess in my in my world in in Taylor's rankings, they would never have been as high as six, which means they sure. could have fallen off in a in a multi week span. So, um, yeah, Michigan now uh, or Wisconsin now has uh, at Rutgers. Rutgers just got a big one at Maryland, yeah. and the rack yeah, ain't they fun. Did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Maryland we'll get to awful. awful. Wait, hang on. So, so Wisconsin's at Rutgers. Yes, on Saturday. Yeah. Dang. So that'll be three of their last four games they've put on the road, huh? And then, yeah, and then, um, and then they have Ohio State after that. Um, Iowa at Iowa after that. Yeah. Um, I mean, their schedule on the way in is not very hard. It's Ohio. It's Rutgers, Ohio State, Iowa, Maryland, Indiana. Um, and then Rutgers again, and then they have Illinois and at Purdue to end the year. So, I mean, they only really have two, if they lose, let's put it this way. If they lose more than two of these games, like I could see them losing to Illinois. I think they should yes. probably win because it's at home. It's at, it is in the Cole center though. And I then like Illinois, man. No, I listen. And then, um, and then at Purdue. So if they lose more than two of these games though, I, I'm, I'm told, I mean, I'm already pretty much out on them, but if they lose more than two of those games, I'm going to be more than fully out on, on them. Yeah. Bad, bad loss for the Badgers. All right, Taylor. So we referenced Maryland. That of course brings us to dimes. That's all right, man. It's okay. You can't go three and zero every single week. I know the, the goal is to go uh winning week every single time. Didn't get on the board though. Uh, Maryland nope. minus eight against Rutgers missed Rutgers ends up winning that game. Carolina minus eight and a half against Clemson. We know what happened. Clemson ends up winning that game. South Carolina minus three and a half against Ole Miss. Oh, that Mr. painful. Just painful. Bringing you to 21, 18 and three. Let's start a new streak. 
right? That's that's the best part of these losing streaks is that you can start a new winning streak. So what do you got? You, also, I'm just going to say this because you and I talked about this week. I think UNC needs to show me a little more than what they have. I know that I'm probably in the minority on this, but I feel like we're just giving UNC like a lot of leeway, which I'm not sure why we're giving them as as much leeway. I'm not saying they're not good. That's not at all what I'm saying, right? I'm just saying that I think we're giving them a lot of leeway uh, in terms of what who, what what their resume looks like as is it compares to maybe like five or six other teams that have a kind of similar resume. I'm letting you ride on Wisconsin. Like you asked me, why should I be so hyped about Wisconsin last episode? And I gave an answer and I'm letting you ride because you're right. Maybe I, and I was wrong. I, I shouldn't have been in on Wisconsin's guards, whatever. Yes, yeah. So I'm letting you take that one. There's not <laughs> enough time. There's not enough time right now. Why I want to debate you about Carolina in my eyes. Okay. I'm not, let me just keep it at this. I'm not that troubled by this last loss sure to, oh to sure sure sure. i'm not gonna say they're i'm just saying that i think they're put they're being put ahead of other teams with very similar resumes is all i'm gonna say i think it's fair for them to be where they okay. are but okay. we'll see all right yeah we'll see um so let's start off let's maybe win some money here this week perhaps so we're gonna go ahead and go to the east coast first you know saint peter's is a team that we all know we all like the Peacocks. And I feel like I've bet on them a few too many times this year because of their name and, you know, what they accomplished last year. So I'm not going to bet on them anymore. So that's so I'm betting on Quinnipiac uh, here. Uh, they are, excuse me, I, it just dropped off my screen. Uh, the Bobcats here are eight-point favorites against St. Peter. St. Peter is only like 11 and 9 this year. Um, I think they're under 500 against the spread. They're only shooting. This was the stat that really – you know, made me want to take or bet against St. Peter's. St. Peter's is only shooting 39% as a team this year. So going on the road to a, to a team that's 18 and four, um, I, it, to me, this, this, and being a single digit spread, I really like that. So minus eight there for Quinnipiac, um, Washington, a consummate, a constant underperforming team. And they are continuing to be that this year. Oregon is only a five and a half point favorite at home hosting Washington. Oregon, a team that, as we just discussed, is on the bubble. They need to rack up a few more wins here down the stretch. And again, I think five and a half hosting a kind of hapless Washington team um, is, is a good bet here. So I'm going Oregon minus five and a half. And then we're going to stay in the pack and we're going to go Colorado, another bubble team. Now, this line is a bit larger than maybe I'd like to see it, but they do have a very good home court advantage, and I think they're playing ASU. I think that ASU kind of shot off quickly uh, into the season, really fooling people to make sure uh, they thought that they were good. And a huge surprise, everyone, ASU's not good at basketball, right? Nope. So they've come back down to earth, and they are 13-point dogs, ASU, is, so we're, and we're going with Colorado um to hammer it just hammer them um colorado getting healthy again playing well at home the good part about this for colorado or for asu is if they are going to cover it could be very specifically that colorado is looking to the game that they have on saturday against arizona um, which is going to be a game that i don't want to call it a must win for colorado i think i don't think we're quite to must win territory but we're close. A, a bubble team with an opportunity to play a top seven, top eight. What's Arizona eight? Top eight team at home on a big Saturday in Boulder. 
the I could maybe see ASU or Colorado overlooking ASU, but I think they're still just too talented. So that's Colorado minus 13. That's Oregon minus five and a half. And that's Quinnipiac minus eight. Huge opportunity for the buffs at home for sure. I just did a little bit of research here, TD. Mm-hmm. And you've only bet on St. Peter's once this year. Well, and... I meant in my personal life. You know? Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. My bad. It was yeah. St. Peter's minus seven against Ryder a couple weeks ago. Yep, yep. And Ryder won. Uh, that is correct. No, they didn't even. Yeah, they won. They won. They didn't. Yeah, yeah. they cover. They, they cover. Won. Yeah, they won outright. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that uh, one cut me deep. That was the. I think that was the last week uh, that we didn't have a winning week. Was that? That's right. Uh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I thought. Come on. I thought. I'm not messing around here. Okay. Come on. Let's get on out of here with our last three segments. Not so mid. Who you got? Soup. I'm going to go to a team that just wanted to remind everybody that they still run the Big South. Still, they do. And that's UNC Asheville. High point, having a great year this year. Uh, We're undefeated in conference, I believe, heading into this game against UNC Asheville. And, of course, Asheville at home. They protected the the house, let's call it, um, beating high point, um, putting them right back in the conversation, of course, for the Big South title race. Um, obviously big South is a, is a tournament or is a team that come or is a conference that comes down to the conference tournament. And, um, so we'll see how that goes, but, uh, big shout out to UNC Asheville, uh, for continuing to lead that conference, get back in the game. Drew, Drew Pember, of course, you know, the, the biggest member of that team, uh, Caleb Burgess averaging five assists game, uh, shout out to high point or shout out to uh, UNC Asheville for reminding us who runs the big South. I'm going to take us to Ohio, the great state of Ohio, Taylor, the heartland of it all. Just a kid from where Akron Enrique Freeman. (laughs) He's just a kid uh, playing for Akron. He's from Cleveland, but Enrique Freeman, not so mid he, I'm going to highlight him. All right. This year for the zips, he is averaging 18, and 13 rebounds, shooting nearly 60% from the field. Enrique Freeman is one of the best players, honestly, that you may not know. Damn. And Akron's kind of, yeah, yeah, man. Akron's kind of rolling right now. They're 10-1 and one in conference, 18-5 and five overall. They just dismantled the Chippewas of Central Michigan. Chips were not fired up. But that was that's those are his averages, Taylor. Enrique Freeman in the game against Central Michigan had 17 points, 15 rebounds, 10 of them defensive, five of them were offensive, and he shot seven of 12 from the field. Enrique Freeman, man, have yourself a season, but also have yourself a game. This is a guy that once Jerome comes around, I'm probably going to look at him to backpack Akron. Backpackerin, if you if you want to call it that. Yeah, I see wow. the face. That's incredible. That's really Enrique well Freeman is incredible. Not so mid, man. What a week. What a stat line. I'm I'm pavloving over this guy. He's awesome. Enrique Freeman. You see, this is the type of stuff that you can't bring up on air in public. Because now you're letting in people in on a Jerome secret right. that that now people are going to lock onto. Um, so if you don't win the Jerome specifically because of this, you can think of this moment. But, you know, you're here for the people, which is which is really nice of you. That, thank you. That's also very kind of you. Lane violation, Taylor. What's what's getting you uh, riled up? I'm going to go somewhere, and you don't. I don't think you're going to think what I'm going to say about this 
is going to confuse you. Like that statement just did. So, Zach Eady was pictured perhaps buying some of the old chronic there at a dispensary uh, over, over the last couple of days. That is not my lane violation. It's this dumb narc loser that posted a picture of him in the dispensary. Like, come on. Sue, back me up on this. How much dumb shit did we see athletes do in college? It's just none of your business. Like a ton, <laughs> yeah. obviously. It's just, yeah. what are you trying to prove here, man? He's like the little kid. Who was that kid in recess? I forget his, the character's name, but he yeah. was the teacher's pet. Yeah, it's garbage. And we saw athletes do like dumb borderline illegal shit. Like not, I mean, this is a very legal thing for him to do. And I believe, and the NCAA has kind of stepped their policy towards towards uh, marijuana back a little bit in the, in the recent years. But come on, man, you can't be taking pictures of the national player of the year on your own, you know, your own school on your own campus. And you're going to put this out there. Also, does this make Zach Eady cooler? <laughs> this is the other. So question. was that confirmed in in West Lafayette? Because I saw something oh, that I, it was in River North, oh, like was here it? in oh, Chicago. Okay. So oh, and that's only like a two hour drive. So I don't true, know. And I'm, I'm I'm speculating. But for, like before I get into my troll mode, I will totally agree with you. But yes. as a troll, as someone who doesn't really care about smoking weed or marijuana and has taken a stance. Uh, basically against it just because I don't personally enjoy it. I, I actually don't care. Like do whatever you want, but <laughs> I am now over here being like, this is what addiction can do. It can completely torpedo <laughs> final four aspirations. Okay. Um, you're driving two hours from West Lafayette to Chicago, which by the way would actually make sense because I think they don't play until Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. Like they got the whole week off, but uh, I'm, I'm kidding. Like, whoever this person is that snuck a photo. I mean, are you an Illinois fan? You have to be some sort of rival of the big 10. Maybe you're an Indiana fan, but you just come off as pathetic and it, I, there's no way it, it, it went the way you wanted to on Twitter. Like there's no way yeah. people were just like, Oh, Zach Eady. Everyone was just like, you're a loser. You're also not allowed to take pictures of stuff generally in dispensaries. Yeah. I don't know. I've just heard, just heard that that's a policy that they have at dispensaries. So um, that guy is, that's a lane violation on him because he should be locked up. That guy who took pictures of Zach Eady and he, we don't even know if he was buying, maybe he was just there in support of his friend. We don't even know if it was Zach Eady. <laughs> you know, Could be another, another, another seven, seven foot four yeah. half Asian guy. You know, like, I don't know. They're, they're everywhere. So yeah. we're um, a very diverse city. Yeah, exactly right exactly um yeah so that's my lane violation whether my whether my factual part of it uh was right what city it was in or not i still don't support the uh the picture taking of these purchases leave people alone man beat them on the court don't don't beat them in the dispensary beat them on what the did, court what did you say addiction hey, what, what, would you would you say chuck <laughs> what you say chuck oh, yeah only yeah you should have police presence there Addiction can bring down a season. <laughs> if I mean, if 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 Purdue doesn't win a title or doesn't go to the Final Four, that is going to become a meme. That will become a meme. Well, you know what, Sub? I think that Zach Eady is going to light up the competition this week. Mm. Let me know about your lane violation, please. Good words, lane violation. Um, so last last episode, I came down hard on the refs, and I'm glad I did. They deserve it. 
like Kelvin Sampson did. But I'm also going to come down on clock operators and staff that are supposed to be assisting the ref and staff that are integral to the production of a ball game that are important to the fluidity of a ball game. And I'm going to focus in on specifically clock operators. I was watching the South Florida Charlotte game and the clock operator in Tampa. It very well could have been a retired gentleman or gentlewoman, but they were so slow. I'm talking about shots. I don't know the ball hits the rim or the ball's inbounds, the ball hits the hand. And we're talking like a full second and a half later is when the clock starts. I'm just like, guys, can we like I, I'm down to get on the refs, but these refs had to keep going to the reviews. And I'm over here like, this isn't really the ref's fault. Like it's it's very clear that the clock did not start. So I'm just Taylor, I'm begging, begging on my knees, tears in my eyes, hands crossed and folded can 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 we all just do our job can the security folks do their jobs can the refs do their jobs can the clock operators do their jobs can the score people do their jobs because i know the coaches and the players are going to do their jobs can you all do your job i'm begging you that's my lane violation thank you bill belichick um was it the clemson north carolina game excuse me that had like four or five reviews also down the stretch there. Well, that, so was it I, as a result of refs or was it a result? Yeah, of I'm like just, other I'm, yeah, I'm just going, now I mean, I'm just probably looping everybody together. I think someone stepped out of bounds, potentially on an inbounds play. And yeah, the whole, then of course that wasn't reviewed um, because why not? You know, we're just throwing, <laughs> we're just throwing darts at a dartboard of what we're going to review. Oh, or my not. God. Or was it the, the Georgetown TCU game from way back? earlier mm. in the year oh, yeah. where they reviewed it. TCU stepped out of bounds, but you can't overturn it. So Georgetown still losing. Yeah. What a joke, man. What a complete joke, but that's my lane violation. Let's get out of here. TD on some positivity though. Easy layup. What do you got? I'm glad you brought up Kelvin Sampson's ejection. Cause that was awesome. That was great ejection. I'm yes. in full support of his ejection. You tweeted about it. Um, he, he was at about the three-point line by the time they blew the whistle that that he was on the court. And this is, of course, him coming from the other side of um, of the court. His player got pushed, or he felt like his player got pushed, which his player did get pushed. Like, I, I don't, maybe there was a little bit of a acting job. But, I mean, there was a legitimate hand out moving the guy, right? Didn't get called. I'm not necessarily sure. I guess you could probably call that a lot in a game this one was made to look at least egregious but samson saw it from the front so he didn't really actually see how much his player got pushed and uh it certainly looked like a lot from his angle and so he just lost it he just ran all the way down the court just screaming perfect it was perfect though because i hope that i know that you're a kelvin samson guy but i hope that you're even more of a kelvin samson guy because that had nothing to do with that actual play that had everything to do with showing up the refs they were only Houston was up 20, but I mean, they weren't necessarily running away with the game yet. So I think also he was kind of like, okay, let's get my team to get fired up a little more, put this game away. And then also give the refs a big F you and just kind of bring some attention to this tomfoolery that they have going on. So big, big supporter of Kelvin Sampson for his ejection. Totally agree. I appreciate Kelvin doing that. And Kelvin Sampson is one of those few coaches, Taylor, where when he gets irate and mad, even the refs, are kind of like, 
oh smokes this is this is like my old man getting mad at me and it's bad right some other people some other coaches might throw a tantrum get upset refs will just say get the hell out of here you're pissing me off you're annoying would you ever have that attitude to your dad when he's yelling at you probably not so when kelvin sampson's yelling at you the ref's probably just like sir i have to toss you out and then i'm getting the hell away from you because you are terrifying me kelvin sampson is a terrifying individual love that easy layup Ed Mine. Damel, hold on. Oh, I was gonna say Ed Damel used to have like a little bead of sweat right there on the bald spot, you know, when things started going awry in the home. Generally, myself causing that stuff. So yeah, yeah. My dad, he would have flames come and look. Indian people are hairy. He had like nose hair, ear hair, and it's like the old school like Calgary Flames logo with the the horse and like the flames coming out of the nostrils. That's kind of what it felt like with my dad, except with his hair like singeing everywhere. You don't mess with like. Calvin Sampson, Ed Dammel, Manny Subramanian. Fatherly In- figures that are terrifying when angry. Incredible Flames reference there, by the way. I haven't thought about that logo in, yeah, a long time. Awesome logo. You got That's the other thing, folks. We talked NFL today. If you want to talk NBA, we can. If you want to talk baseball, we can. You want to talk Jerome McGinley and the Calgary Flames? We can Hold absolutely on. do that. Hold on. Can we put some Can we put some T's and P's out for Calgary Flames legend? Uh Lanny McDonald currently in the hospital after a cardiac event who also owns Tamarack Brewing in Kalispell, Montana, in case anyone is wondering about how deep we can go with hockey on this program. Should just be an all-purpose sports podcast, Taylor. That's what we should do. Or Our our wives would be super supportive of us just probably recording for 10 hours a day. I'm sure they'd be super into that. God. God, I don't even want to think about that. So what I'm going to do is get you out of here on my easy layup, and that is the Minnesota Golden Gophers, Taylor. All right. Have you taken a look at the Big Ten standings, which are going to look a little different now, uh, potentially with Wisconsin losing? But, uh, well, not totally, but Wisconsin's kind of gotten back to the pack of that Minnesota team. So Purdue leads the conference. Illinois is a game and a half back. Wisconsin obviously lost, but they're in third. And then there's Minnesota, who I believe in the Big Ten tournament, you talk about format, I believe they get a double buy. All right. Right now they're a top four team in the conference ahead of the teams teams are tied with the team like Northwestern ahead of Nebraska, ahead of Indiana, ahead of Michigan state, ahead of Iowa, ahead of Maryland, ahead of Ohio state and ahead of Michigan, Minnesota's top four and Ben Johnson and Minnesota got a lot of guff last year and a lot of grief from people like me because they weren't competitive. They weren't good whatsoever. They were a bit embarrassing and folks started to, to sour a little bit, I think, on Ben Johnson. Look at him now. They're doing great. And I'm telling you something, Taylor. They are playing a little slap and tickle with the bubble. They, if they continue this this winning streak, they are playing a little slap and tickle. All right. So they had a rough stretch a couple weeks ago, four straight losses, but they followed it up with three straight wins against quality competition. Penn State, fine, whatever. But then North Northwestern, and they just beat Michigan State. They got Iowa next at Iowa. That's going to be very important. Then they go to Purdue. That's going to be a loss. But then they end it with Rutgers, Ohio State, and then Nebraska. Uh, And then, of course, there's more after that. But I'm just saying right now, Minnesota has put themselves in a position, not to sound like Rothstein, but the only way I can say it is a position to be in position. They're not in the tournament right now. But if they can pull off a a few more wins and, and, keep this momentum rolling, we might have to have a little bit of a conversation. 
Regardless, though, easy layup is to Ben Johnson and this staff for getting them to play competitive ball and to even at any point in the season be top four in the Big Ten standings. That's my easy layup, Minnesota. No, I love it. I love it. And you're totally right with with Wisconsin losing. It really opens up that – I mean, Purdue's going to win. In my, I think we all would agree with that. But it really opens up that top three spots for a team like a Minnesota. Um, I don't think Northwestern is going to – excel from here on out necessarily but minnesota certainly has a shot at it sub i love when you use the word guff also <laughs> and as a number an, a, one more statement before we head on out here is there any better place in the world to slap and tickle than the phoenix open for me tomorrow well not for me for just not for me anymore but as general statement that's probably the slap and tickle uh, capital of the world this weekend it's up there it's up there for sure Let's go ahead and get on out of here, though, TD. Let me just read you some quick scores. Providence and Creighton are in overtime. Providence up four with 34 seconds left. Mm. Looks like they'll close that out. Georgia, wheels have kind of fallen off. They're down five with seven and a half to go against Mississippi State. Nebraska getting beat down at Northwestern. And then UCLA Stanford's useless. I'm not even going to read the score. Those are the big ones that I'm probably going to run to right now while I edit this pod. Taylor great episode man we will catch you next time here on theater and college hoops